He's good, amen? Man, I, I love you all so much. Seriously, I, I, I love you all. Um, I love that we're able to be in a, in a family, that we go with the flow. Um, because God never stops moving. That's, you know that, right? He never stops moving and He never stops speaking. There's only one time that we know of where there's a silence in heaven, and that's 30 minutes written about in the book of Revelation. Um, but um, God never stops. And what's beautiful um, is that what happens like this, I mean, this is so beautiful about how church is actually supposed to be, the ecclesia, which is what the word church in the Greek and the Aramaic is. It's ecclesia. And it's not that I get up here and, and we do, you know, four songs, uh, say, uh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, take up your tithe and your offering and um, send out the kids. We preach 30 minutes and I scream and holler, beat on that a little bit and send you on your way to have a good lunch, right? That's not what church is about. It's not what church was ever about. It's about family. The, the, uh, you've heard us say it multiple times, the, the kingdom of God is what we're about. The gospel was the good news, but what Jesus actually brought was the kingdom. And it's our responsibility as his sons and daughters to release the kingdom, to share his heart and his authority to the world around us. And by doing that, it doesn't mean that what I just described is what we do. Um, still another one from Dub, the kingdom of God is familial in nature. He's done everything with a picture of family. Every single thing he's ever done and laid out. It's governmental in structure, but it's familial in its nature. And so what's so beautiful is that we come together and, you know, here at CORE, it's not about Raquel and I as the pastors. I don't have that on my voicemail, by the way. This is Pastor Chris Cornelius <laughs> from CORE Church, Assembly of God. You know, we don't, sorry, we don't. We don't think like that. Uh, the ecclesia is about the family and about calling out the destiny in our family and equipping our family. And today, Dad just had your number, Mary. I mean, that's what it is, you know. Uh, it's so beautiful that we can come in and that you as, a, as the community of the Father that you move in here. Uh, I know there's a lot of visitors here, and, um, you know, we... We at CORE, we're just simply all about hearing the Father and knowing His voice so that we can accomplish His will to the world around us. And today that happened to be Mary. And there's still more to go on. And so it doesn't mean that now the service goes on an extra hour. We don't have that religious mindset that now we have to, oh, I still got to preach. And I'm going to share some things with you. Uh, but we, we move with what God is doing. Raquel uh, heard something specific about Mary from the Lord, and she moved with that, and then it just opened up all the other doors. And now she's blessed, she's encouraged, she's rebuilt this morning, and some of you are as well because of what you saw and heard and experienced. Does that make sense? And so the kingdom of God is beautiful, amen? Uh, you know, we can come in here and, and we can dance and sing and worship. You know, it's, what gets to me is I used to be the guy that thought that people that did what we do, I used to think those people were going to hell. Right? 
I used to be the biggest stick in the mud. I used to think, you don't clap in church. What's wrong with these people? Somebody be over there, Shabbat, what the heck? They're going to hell. That's the devil. All their Shabbat and Shakalaka. And... But you know what's funny is that uh, people will look in on us and even, you know, like I, I, heard, I heard somebody praying in tongues earlier. I was praying in tongues. Ryan's over here breaking the atmosphere, screaming his guts out over Maryland. And that's, that's all scriptural, by the way. It's all scriptural. I can show you that, but you know what's cool or what's funny to me is that people on the outside will look at us and think we're crazy, but they'll go to the Texans and they'll paint, they'll take off their shirt and they'll be red and they'll stand up there and holler about a football team that can't win or something like that. I mean, I, or better yet, the Astros. I mean, you know, I don't know. The Texans, they can't even, what I hear is they can't even kick a home run. Okay, Pops is getting after me. I need to, I need to stop. <laughs> Messing with football now, you're getting in trouble. But you know what I'm saying is, is that people will look like we're kind of crazy or weird, but they'll do the same things out, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just a matter of perspective. In the kingdom, we just, want, we just simply want more of Christ in our life moving and around us because we already have all of him, amen? amen. And so this morning, uh, I'm excited. I want to share a couple of things. I don't even know what time it is. Uh, and that's okay. Um, Luby's doesn't close right now. So, um, but uh, where's our kiddos? Are y'all ready? Man, look at all these awesome kids. We had all these baptisms yesterday or last Sunday and dedications, and wasn't that beautiful? And yeah, what I love is that again, you bunch of weirdo kingdom people. <laughs> You know, we, we spoke into these kids that were dedicated to the Lord. We, we took from the Scripture, we looked at how the layout for that for Hannah and Samuel, and we, we took that as a guideline, and we spoke into their lives. And then these kids that were baptized, that, you know, they're, 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 they're making that statement and, and walking in that prophetic act of baptism. And, and we were able to, you know, individual of you, were able to speak into their lives, and it was just beautiful. And so uh, I'm excited to see what happens with these kids' lives. So, um, man, y'all take off, have fun. Lydia's back there going to teach y'all all about the kingdom stuff. And, and uh, man, just be blessed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Also, if, if, there, are, if there is anyone else, you want to be baptized um, or you want to dedicate your son or your daughter, uh, you know, just... About come and see Raquel or I, and um, excuse me, um, we'll uh, we'll get that taken care of. I know we got a few that couldn't make it. Um, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians. Um, when you get there, let me know you're there by saying Amen. I'm trying to think. We we didn't really get to. Uh, I'm trying to think of what all the important stuff is that we got to talk about. <laughs> Right? Um, so, something is wrong here. And uh, y'all bear with me. I got a new iPad and trying to make sure I get everything right. But it looks like some of my stuff is gone. Yeah. You're not kidding. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Okay. So, my highlights are gone and my notes are gone. 
not where they're supposed to be. So that's okay in Jesus' name. Uh, I know we got some folks on the Zoom this morning. Man, welcome. So good to have y'all with us. Um, how many of y'all enjoyed the mud bugs? Man, that was so good. It was so awesome. And again, family, right? You cannot deny that the kingdom of God is like family. And you will see right here, as, as we continue to grow and pursue, you will see how we will strengthen in family because that's one of our core values. Um, we believe the kingdom of God is, is family um, uh, in one of its um, roots. And um, so this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts with you um, that head toward this again as we continue to make this separation and this division from church culture into kingdom culture. Um, what I was describing earlier about church and how it is, uh, that's what I call a church culture, right? Which is what we were a part of for 25 years. And it, it didn't ruin our life, but I'm a drama queen and I like, to, I like to say things dramatically. And it ruined our life, man. Stinking church culture, right? Now, we didn't know any better. We didn't want that. We didn't, we weren't like, I don't know. I mean, it's not what, what we were. We just didn't know any better. And uh, some of us, like Raquel, are very stubborn. And, and Zoe as well. No. There it is. See? See, my brother got me. <laughs> It's a safe place. That's why I can say the truth. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just funning around a little bit. Uh, no, I do. Uh, uh, John and Zoe and us have had a lot of conversations about church culture because we both come out of it. And as well as many of you, if you've been part of CORE for any length of time, you came out of church culture. <laughs> and, but what is so amazing is that that when, when those chains and those, those ideas and those thoughts were broken off of us, man, freedom is beautiful. It is beautiful. Amen, honey? Freedom is beautiful. <laughs> He's pulling on her hair. <laughs> I thought she was hitting with the Holy Ghost for a minute. <laughs> you want to talk about freedom? You talk to Anahi over there, man. That woman had a man just a... Man, just a massive breakthrough, all because of the kingdom, not because of church. Church didn't do anything for that. It was only what the kingdom of God can do. And so um, this morning, I want to just look at a couple of things that have really been jumping out at me. Uh, and so, Father, I just ask you uh, to open our, our pathways and our mental capacity this morning that as we read your word, that it would do, it, it, we already know it's going to do what it says it would do, because it, your word says it won't return void, it's your promise. And so as we dive in, right now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to enlighten and to encounter us in a, in, a, in a deeper way. And one of your responsibilities, Holy Spirit, is to reveal the heart of the Father. And so we're going to read his word with you moving in this place and we are asking you to, we're giving you that full permission to unlock in us 
what we need this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, Raquel just bypassed announcements, so I don't know if there was something we're supposed to talk about or going on. I don't know, just whatever. It, it's all good. Uh, I'm just really glad that, um, you know, we had such a great time um, last Sunday. It was, so, it was so cool and so good, and uh, it was so beautiful to sit back. And I know that that's all because of the chains that we have broken off and what we're moving into as a community uh, as core church. Um, and so here in Galatians, uh, you know, Paul is, is the writer, and he was actually, um, he was pretty stuck in religion as well. When you read Paul's own words, you know, he says he was the Pharisee of the Pharisee. He was, uh, I mean, he, when it came to the religious mindset, the religious rules and regulations, he was the best. I mean, he, he took the cake, right? And he was proud of it. He was so uh, enamored with the religious rule and law that he ran around capturing those of us who did not. And, I mean, he imprisoned them. He, uh, he went after them. He had papers to, to turn them over. Uh, that's pretty radical, amen? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people that say today that we may be facing that someday soon. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. We're in the kingdom, though, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what we face because we're kingdom. Amen. And, uh, and Paul, he, he lays out so many little keys about a kingdom way of living versus a religious way of living. And I want to I point out a couple of things. I know that some of what I'm going to mention today uh, is maybe a little bit of repeat for some of you that have been with us for a while. But this morning, I just, uh, earlier as I was praying, I just, the Lord kept bringing me back to this and, and a couple of these key phrases. Uh, so I believe it's for someone specific. And I also believe that for the rest of us that already have heard some of this, that there's a deeper unlocking that's going to happen today for us, starting with me. I, I need some more, Raquel will amen me. I need some more unlocking in my uh, capacity of understanding. Um, so, you know, we, we got saved as teenagers, right? There I go. We got saved, <laughs> right? I joke about it because that was the thing. We used to walk the streets of the north side of Houston and, uh, with the Bible, the big one, like three times, four times as thick as this. We would walk through there. Man, we'd go up to the, man, we, all the gangs knew us. They called me the little preacher, and the ones that spoke Spanish uh, would say, you know, they would think they were uh, insulting me, but actually I love it, right? And, uh, and we would sit there, and we'd go up, and we would look for somebody to smack in the head with our Bible. We love hitting them in the face. Shondai, wapa, you need Jesus. You know, we used to say things like, there's only one scripture for the lost people, and that was John 3.16, which is a lie. We used to say these words to them like you're going to go and split hell wide open, uh, you know, because you're a wretched worm, fool. You don't, you know, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? So you're a thief and a liar. You know, we do that whole thing. And um, the whole time, they really are a son or a daughter. They just don't know it yet. You can't deny that all of us come from Adam and Eve. You cannot, you, you can't deny it. 
We're all created before the foundations of the world. Amen? Before he ever said, let there be light, he found and wrote out about Angela, the atmosphere changer from the island. I'm not going to say which one because I'll get it wrong and she'll get mad and throw something at me. He wrote out about how Jim and Kathy were going to be the father and mother to father and mothers. Right? He wrote about Raquel and the prophetic gifting that flows from her and through her. And John, and, and he just went on and wrote out these gifts and these talents and these strengths, right? And then his, his world for us, it kind of collapsed. I mean, he didn't collapse, but what he created kind of messed up, right? Because there was a miss. There was a mistake made. They missed a target, which is sin. They, they, they messed up. They gave away their authority, their dominion. They gave it away. Adam and Eve did. And so then began the process of building the world up to a place to be able to receive the kingdom and how he was going to work that out. And it was just this beautiful story that we see. Um, you know, you look throughout the Bible and there's so many of these places where um, the, there's a lot of times, listen, I will highly, highly encourage you to truly study the, the words uh, in the Bible. Like, um, sorry, I used to have a, uh, an old-timer in here. That's what we called him. He was an old-timer. Good, good man. We loved him. But he was dead set. He would get mad at me because I would say the King James Version has some errors in the translation. Uh, and it does. There's, there's some double stuff that I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't uh, if you're watching, don't come hunt me down to shoot me with the religious stone or anything like that. There are some, I'm not saying the word of God is false or wrong, but there are some actual errors in the translation that, you know, the monks made back then. And it's okay, we, we have better understanding today. And, and we have the cap capability to study. So I highly encourage you to go and study. When you're reading the, the scripture, man, study those words. Look at what's actually being said and, and the translation. I mean, can you imagine if, how many, how many of y'all remember 1994? None of us really knew what the internet was, <laughs> right? But now today you talk to anybody about the internet and they may not be able to explain it, the technicality of it, but they know what it is. Am I, am I making sense? You know, my 80, she's 89 years old this September, and she tells me every time, Honey, I'm thinking to be 89 years old. I know, Nanny. We call her Nanny. Oh, no, honey, I got a flip phone. That's what she tells me. I ain't touching, I don't, you know, and she actually does, my, our family, Kevin and I, that side of our family, they, they are, um, they, we are country folk at our core. And so they do say some words that are unique, and you'll hear me joke about it a lot, like it's not the internet, it's the interwebs. <laughs> and my grandmother doesn't have anything to do with the interwebs. You can't, you can't talk to her about email or IP addresses. It's never going to happen. Not because she's dumb or anything like that the translation doesn't it's not in her life she's not getting it and that's only 20 last 20 years 30 years does that make sense so so go study the words go dig into the scripture and 
Look up. You have, there are free tools all over the place. So sorry, I didn't mean to ramble on that, but it's just so critical because what's happened is church culture, there's a spirit of religion, I believe. There is a full-on influence from our enemy, Satan himself, that brings in this religious mindset and this religious way of thinking. Started with, I mean, the biggest shift was John Calvin and, and the Calvinism and uh, the archdiocese of whatever, I can't remember, or I can't remember his name now. And then we got this thing called penal substitution, where you think, you and I, we believe that because we messed up, that God's waiting to strike us like Zeus. You know what I'm talking about? You've been there, Roger, right? You're walking along and then you're just, you know, you're just trudging along and all of a sudden, Something happens, whatever. And all of a sudden, you go, and you think that God is up there like that. Oh, I got him now. Right? That is not, let me, let me say it very clear. That is not how God is or ever has been. And it's, we can look in his word, and he proves it out. And so there's been this thing that has happened over the years, and there, there's so much junk. But the bottom line is that, man, our enemy, he's, he's slick, man. He's so slick. Gets us to believe in things that are not true. Deception, right? And so this morning, I just want to point out a couple of things. And, man, Father, I'm just praying that you give us deeper revelation of you. So Paul is this, this amazing guy that has this radical encounter. And uh, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2. Um, and we're also going to run over to 1 John here in a minute. Uh, but in Galatians chapter 2, um, he's, you know, he's writing this uh, to the Jews in, in Galatia. And he says in verse 15, and please go back and read all of it that you can later today if you get a chance just to get context. But in verse 15, he says, although we're Jews by birth, not Gentile sinners, we know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. How many police officers have ever come to your house and said, hey, this whole year you hadn't speed one time. Congratulations. Here's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Doesn't happen. Is that true? Has an angel ever appeared to you and said, My son, you have not eaten any bad food for your body in a year. I bless you with prosperity. Does that happen? No. Why? You know why? Because the law cannot create righteousness. Righteousness comes from the heart and from our Father. There's nothing you can do that creates righteousness because that's why Jesus talked about you can look at a, a woman, you cannot actually commit adultery, but you can look at her in lust and your heart's still bad. You can have that coraje in your, you, um, you can say that, um, what is that word? Oh my goodness. Coraje, what is coraje? Uh, yeah, hate. Like, like that, like that. Sorry, I got that. What does he say? Whatever he says in there. I got all that running in my head. But you can have that and not kill somebody. But you still got it in your heart, right? <laughs> Some of us can hide it pretty good. 
Oh, bless you, my friend. You're so good. But inside, you're over here. Cat, 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 cat. Cat, 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 cat. The law never creates righteousness. I have a, a conversation that um, I had uh, with two friends of mine, um, very, very good, very close friends. Uh, they're both black. We sat down and had a conversation about race. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can please go look at it. It's on our core channel. And, um, and um, uh, you know, at, one of the young men was talking about changing the laws, this and that, and, and I made the statement on there. I said, you know, I agree that there are some laws that need to change, but laws don't change hearts. And racism is not a legal issue, it's a heart issue. Because laws will never force you to change your heart. I mean, is that true? I follow the speed limit not because I want to, because I don't. I got to go. I'm like, man, get out of my way, brother. I got to move. I got to go. The far left lane is for passing. Get out of the way. Muevete, hombre. I mean, whatever language. And I make my move, and they wave at me with, with one finger. Laws do not create righteousness. And Paul knew that. God knew that. You know that God never, you know that God is not the one that set up the law? Did y'all know that? God didn't want to give laws. He wanted hearts. The Israelites, when they went to the mountain, they're the ones that cried out for the law because they were still too stuck in the old way of thinking. He didn't want to give the law. Man, can you imagine? No, no, I hear you. You love me. You love me. But give me some laws. Oh, no, you love me. You love me. No, no, strike me. Hit me. I mean, can you imagine? See, like in a church culture, this would be a very bad thing. Am I right? The law would say, can you believe that child just ran? What's wrong with her parents? What's wrong with her? But you see, the thing is, is that little girl's a firecracker that she runs in the presence of the father. And we recognize that. And it doesn't bother me that, that she runs across here. I mean, yeah, we don't want her sticking her tongue in the Zoom and uh, doing all that kind of stuff. Like we got people watching from, well, I don't know, some, somebody was on here the other day from out of state. Like, you know, we don't want to really do that. But what would it do to that little girl if I said, Gabriel, hey, man, get your dog. Yeah, like you, are you with me? Sorry, I just had to run with that. Because that little girl right there, we just, you should have heard the words spoken over her, man. If you didn't, go back and look at YouTube. Like, we don't want to crush that. We want to encourage and, and we'll direct, right? She doesn't understand right now. But as we grow as family, when she can really understand, we'll get her. Hey, you know, pretty soon, hopefully, we won't have the stinking computer sitting on the chair, right? But we'll, we'll teach and help and guide her and say, look, baby, not right here. Go run everywhere else. And it's okay. And then for on that side, you know, if it distracts you, then that's a discipline thing. Come on, right? You just, let's just pay attention. 
Sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm, I know I'm rambling a little, but are you with me? Okay, cool. So we know, verse 16, that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but only by the faith of Jesus, the Messiah. Can you say amen to that? We receive righteousness because, there you go, church culture says that you're a sinner saved by grace, but that's actually not in the Bible either. (laughs) You actually have his nature. Because all things are passed away, all things become new, and you take on the nature of your Father. See, you're righteous, and you didn't even know it. Do you make some mistakes? Yeah, we make mistakes. It's okay. Prodigal son, look what happened to him. It's not even the prodigal son. It's not even what it's called, right? It's uh, the tale of two brothers. We heard Chris Ballatin this morning. I love it. Okay, sorry. So verse 16 Uh, His faithfulness has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by by the keeping of religious laws. It's very important that we understand in that back half of verse 16 that he says, His faithfulness has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness. That's what you have received. You're a son. You're a daughter. Amen? Amen. Verse 17. If we, if we are those who desire to be righteous through our union with the anointed one, does that mean that our Messiah condones sin, though we acknowledge uh, that we're sinners? How absurd. Amen? It's beautiful. Verse 18. For if I start over and reconstruct the old religious system that I had torn down with the message of grace... I would appear to be a lawbreaker. You know why? Because you can't keep the law. There's not a one person in here that can totally keep the law. Not one. Not one of us in this world are, are capable of keeping the law. Well, brother, that is why Jesus needed to come. And, you know, that whole, that then comes all that religiousness. Yes, we needed a Savior, but not, not because we needed to keep the law. We needed a Savior because there was a disconnect in our authority and our heart with our Father. Not because we needed to keep the law. Again, God didn't even write the law. <laughs> so crazy. Ah, okay. Um, verse 19. I love this right here. For though I died, or sorry, for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Is that not beautiful? I love, I love, love, love the book of Romans. The book of Romans says 47 times that your flesh is dead, that you died. And then we build up to this passage right here in verse 19 again, and we're going to read it all the way through. He says, for through the law, I died To the law, so that I might live to God. For my old identity has been co crucified with Christ and no longer lives. My old identity was co crucified with Christ and no longer lives. I thank God that I died (laughs) 
I mean, part of it is just main, the main reason is because I, I'm just so free and he loves me. But the second part is, man, Raquel would have killed me already. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now, look at this. The essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. So that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral, for if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for absolutely nothing. Nothing. See, we were co-crucified. I explained this last Sunday uh, for those getting baptized that um, we've all know, we know that Christ died for us. Amen? And this is a line from Chris Valentin, so I didn't, I didn't come up with it. I don't need no glory or nothing. He didn't just die for us. He died as us. When he went to the cross, that is the prophetic image of you hanging on that cross with him, of me. And so, the point of salvation that I come to when I, I, I realize, I remember, I realized at 17, wow, he, he died for me. He loves me. And I accept that. At that moment, the old me was suffocated out by my true identity. The old me took its last breath as the true Chris Cornelius took its first. And it sucked in all that air that comes from the essence of the life of God that was put into me, and I was set free. And the Bible tells me at that moment that the old thing was washed away, completely voided out, done away with, died, gone, forgotten, never to live again. It has been voided out, just like a check that you do away with. That check is gone. You can't reprint it. It's done. Just like that, the old me was suffocated away and the new me took its first breath. And that happened to every single one of you that has the revelation that Christ died for you and as you and you love him and he loves you. That's what happened to you. You died. Thank God you don't stink anymore because now you have the new you is alive and breathing because Christ didn't just go for you. He went as you. Can, man, is that not beautiful? That he did that for me and as me. I love it. It says, in the essence of this new life is no longer mine. The essence of it, the, the building of it, it is, it is for because the anointed one lives his life through me. See, the, the truth of kingdom is that you and I, I love Dub Alexander's definition. The kingdom of God is, uh, in a short version of it, is you and I, uh, that we are the extension of the heart and the authority of heaven, of God the Father, to the world around us to transform the systems of this world. Simple. And why is that? Because he lives through you. No longer do I live. You may know it as in the New King James or, New, or King James. Is, no longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. 
I love the second part of verse 20. It says, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. And so, if you would, turn with me to the book of 1 John, um, chapter 4. And I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, we've been reconnected in our... So God, I don't believe God ever leaves us. I mean, he says that, right? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're cheating, Pastor Chris. That's what scripture says. I know that. I'm just saying, I don't believe that lost people, as we used to call them, that they're separated from, from God. I, I don't believe that anymore. I used to. I used to think they were completely separated. But um, I've used this example a whole lot. I, I, my dad and, and I, uh, like I can never not be his son. And it's the same way with, with God. I mean, he says it throughout the Scripture. Even Cain. I love it. We think that... Uh, I mean, go back and read the story of Cain. Cain actually got redemption from God. <gasps> Church culture says, oh, you heretic, you must be ridiculous. No, no, go back and read it. God never cursed Cain. Go back and look, man. Uh-oh. He didn't put that, that big thing on him to curse him. Right? Go read the definitions of what that mark, that word that he uses for mark. Go read that. It's a whole other message. Um, it's beautiful and it's amazing. But God <laughs> uh, loves people. That's why he loved the whole world and gave his son for it. Right? It's a beautiful picture. It's amazing. I believe that the people that we, we used to call lost, I simply believe they haven't had the revelation yet. They haven't come into the understanding because, again, it's not walking this aisle and saying a prayer right here with me. That doesn't make you saved. That doesn't qualify you to be in the kingdom of God. That doesn't make you all of a sudden step into righteousness. It's when your heart understands. We used to say, we used to use that word, when your heart comes into alignment. And that's a true statement. Your heart comes into alignment, but it's not that it comes into alignment with the law of God. It comes into alignment with the love of God. When your heart and your mind line up with what the Father says about you, oh, my son. My, we just read it last week where he actually says these scriptures where he, the word actually means my delight is in you because he loves you. Because he loves all those people out there. That's why he kicked down the door. I love it, man. Jesus was in that tomb. He went down and he snatched them keys of death, hell, and the grave. I love it, man. Come up, kick that tomb. I'm a little dramatic. I, 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 you know. I love the chosen, man. Uh, I do. But I would like to see a little bit of a Viking Jesus, like a warrior. I'd love to see him. Come up off that, off that, in that, in that tomb. Come out of there, speaking in some Viking Celtic tongue. Roman soldiers. No. Okay, I got it. I got it. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm serious, man. I'm, I don't like that. You know that picture of Jesus holding the little lamb? I'm sorry, man. I don't like that. That's, I'm not trying to make fun. I Seriously, that bothers me. My Jesus is a warrior. Man, you know that he fought for me? He went through hell and back for me. He did that, John, just for me. Like he, he fought. Like he's a warrior, man. You know that Raquel and I, we, I'm going to be a little open here, man. We, we've been under some major warfare. We've been under major warfare these last few weeks. Serious stuff. And, man, it's a fight. Sometimes we can sleep because of the warfare that's attacking us in our sleep. Sometimes, sometimes we're there in the room. Y'all can think I'm crazy or not, but <coughs> stuff will move. Sometimes I wake up and I, I get so ticked off. I'm like, that's enough, man. Get out. I start fighting, right? Why? Because my Jesus is a warrior. And we, we pray and he ain't got no choice. There's not really a fight between Jesus and anybody. Jesus, hey, man, get out. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I'm not making fun of the Jesus picture. I just don't like it. Okay. If I, if I came off that way, then I really apologize. If, that, if you have a strong heritage in that and that offends you, I truly am sorry. I really am. I, if you're watching YouTube and I just offended your old Catholic family, I apologize. I do. My, half my family is Catholic, and they go for it. All right, I'm going to move on. Why are y'all laughing, man? It's not funny. Take a note of this. Never mention again. I said all that to say <laughs> and it wasn't the law that changed me. It was the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. So he makes this statement, John does, in chapter 4. And I'm just going to read through these. There's so much here. In verse 7 he says, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour out to you, or from you to one another. Who are those that are loved by God? The entire world. He said it, right? For those that are loved by God, let his love continually pour out uh, from you to one another because God is love. And everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. See, the love of God brings the intimate knowledge of him because he is love. Amen? And the one who doesn't love has yet to know God. That's what John wrote. The, the reason is because there's a disconnect. They just, he just, that person just hasn't had that revelation of their son or daughtership to know that they, 
or love. Verse 9, the light of God's love shined within us when we sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved, proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sin. Verse 11, I love this. Delightfully loved ones. That's you. If he loved us with such a tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. And no one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us. And we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to its full expression You see that? In us. That's verse 11. God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. See, you don't fully express the fullness of God unless you love. And you know what's so amazing of that is what's the full expression of God? Love. It's so beautiful. And laws don't do that. Laws don't create that. Anyway, uh, verse 13, And He has given us His Spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that He lives in us and that we live in, excuse me, live in Him. Moreover, uh, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that Father God has sent His Son to be Savior of the world to those who, who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God, live in God, and God lives in them. And we have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love He has for us. The law and church culture does not bring you into an intimate experience with Christ. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say it this way. For those of us that are married, think about intimacy and legality. Those two don't work together. Right? I remember those people that used to fight in school over a girl. That's just stupid. (laughs) If that girl don't want to be with you, then peace out, homie. I mean, why? Like, that's like law and intimacy. They don't don't work, right? Um, I don't think any of y'all, as the parents here that I do know, I don't think any of y'all go, oh, man, it's... 1225, I got to go kiss my son. Hey, son, come here. I love you. Okay. 1231. Son, you're a good boy. And yeah, okay. That does not work, right? We come into an intimate experience with God's love because he's in us. We're in him. Love goes back and forth. And it's this intimate encounter that we have. 
And the law doesn't do that. The spirit of religion doesn't do that. Problems and issues are always going to arise, and it's not the law that fixes them, it's love. Man, I remember, um, you know, Raquel and I were very, um, we just didn't know any better. And all these years, even with our kids, I, I mean, the, you know, we have three daughters, and I think the biggest thing of all was like when it came to boys. Like, how do you handle that? We didn't know. I had, we had friends that did one way and other friends that did another way. We had all this kind of different stuff that we knew and heard, and we didn't know we made our own decision. When, when we would say things like, you can't have a boyfriend until this age, 26, no. <laughs> um, do boys and girls start liking each other or start having feelings for the opposite sex? Earlier than 26? <laughs> I knew we came from the same mold. <laughs> it is a natural occurrence for a young boy and a young girl to like the opposite. It's natural. It's normal. And what we used to think was no way. And we're ready to put the lockdown on that stuff, man, which we did. But what we have just done is we have stifled the natural process of the humanity in the way that God designed all of us. And what should have happened is that we as parents should have prepared them for that and then honored them and their feelings and helped guide through that. Not just put the law, 17. Can't do nothing until you're 17. That law that any parent makes, you can't date until you're 17, that will never change or affect the feelings in their heart. It will never do it. There, it's not possible. There's, you can't shut off those types of... Come on, man. I, I look around here. Almost every one of us in here has been in love. I still am. No, it's not a brownie point, man. That's real. <laughs> Are you with me on that? Do you, does that make sense? You cannot, like, do that. It, it doesn't work. So why, why do we think that he's any different? But see, the enemy comes in and he whispers... There's so many things that the enemy has done that, I mean, we've messed up. We've made mistakes, and we start to believe that certain things are a certain way because that's just the way it always is, or we don't do enough digging. Or sometimes, in our case, you know, Raquel and I were married while we were still teenagers, and, you know, we already had kids coming out, and, like, where do they come from? I don't know. I mean, like. And all I knew is I had to work. I had to provide. And so we were just doing life. And we were in a church culture that, although I, I, 
I, I love the people, man. I love them. But it was very militant, very... Like we were scared to death to miss a church service on a Sunday. And we don't, we don't want you guys to miss not because, oh my God, we got to have 80 people in here or we're going to shut the doors. It's nothing like that. It's, I mean, we don't, we, you saw what happened here today. It had nothing to do with me. When you're not here, we miss out. Now, go take a vacation or go for it. Whatever else. I mean, my point is, is that we just used to be terrified that because church culture had come in and an enemy had lied and blah, 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 right? Are y'all with me? The point is, is that we're crucified, co-crucified with Christ to be set free. We're set free from love to love. And if there's anything going on in our community or in this world that doesn't have love, then that's not what the kingdom is. It's that simple. Uh, I'm going to say something that may get me in trouble. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Right? Ellen DeGeneres. I believe that for the most part, at least what we see on TV, that that lady has one of the biggest hearts that I've ever heard of. I don't agree with everything she does. I don't. But I would be a fool to deny that she's not a picture of how God loves. I mean, <gasps> right? We used to have people that would want to throw stones at me for that. You can't deny that. Does that make sense? And I'm, uh, there's, there's more to that I want to say, but I'll leave that alone. Um, I actually had a guy ask me the other day, Hey, you, you, uh, you, you, you let homosexuals in your church? He asked me that. And I'm like, um, he goes, well, wait a minute. Wait, what would you do if they come in your church? And I said, I would run and hug them as fast as I could. <gasps> oh, no, man, I'm old school. Like, I thought you was old school like me. That's what he told me. And I said, I, I, we know homosexual people. They've been to the church. And I said, really, what I want to do is I want, I, I want to love the fire out of them. I, I just I run and hug them, and why would I not let them in the church? Yeah. You, see, you see what I'm saying? The, the, the enemy comes in and says, oh, they're not good enough. They're, they're, they're messed up. They're misplaced. Anyway, I could go on. Oh, my God, i got to stop this stuff, man. There's so much of this that, that it honestly, it, it angers me because of how many people have been shunned and shoved away from the church when we should have been bringing them in. There's a person that has, was here for just a short time, and they're putting stuff on Facebook about not core, but just the church in general, and... Man, it, it, it's just not true, and it's not the way it should be. And so I just really wanted to share with you about how we're co-crucified and that we're meant to walk in freedom. That's just, that's the heart of it. We're meant to walk in freedom. And I apologize again. Any of my... 
my remarks I should not have made. But um, would y'all stand with me this morning? Um, it's so crazy that uh, what happened today um, with Mary... Um, This morning I was I was praying. We're actually gonna actually we're not gonna dismiss in a minute because uh, actually we're gonna do something else as family. Um, I'm gonna jump a little bit, but when Jim comes back, uh, I'm gonna let him explain or him or Kathy either one explain what they're about to take part in. And uh, man, we are gonna saturate them today with every kind of prayer. Uh, in prayer language, we can. Um, but um, I'm going to pray for you in a minute uh, just for um, a releasing of that depth of that um, kingdom thinking. But uh, it's funny, this morning um, I, was, uh, I was praying, going over some stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, Kevin, you... You wouldn't you wouldn't leave me alone this morning, <laughs> uh, and um, I uh, I thought that I was going to tell you this afterwards, uh, but I, the Lord just said no. I'm supposed to do it publicly, just like this, um, and I didn't even tell you this. Uh, we were talking a while ago, and I didn't I didn't mention this. But uh, Kevin and I, as brothers, um, there's um, I grew up. Uh, in a different way with our parents than Kevin did. Um, and um, it's just interesting where God's brought us both. And uh, I want to tell you, first of all, Kevin, that I'm, I'm very honored just not even as brothers, but just as a man that you walk with us here in this house. Uh, and um, he, needs a, he needs a surgery. Uh, he needs a miracle is what he needs. Uh, and so I want to ask y'all to pray for him. And we did that the other day. But uh, what the Lord wanted me to tell you, Kevin, um, is that, uh, you know, you're a, you really are a genius with a lot of things mechanically. Uh, your intuition, God has wired you that way. Uh, and it's, it's amazing the things you can figure out. It's amazing the things you can come up with. It's amazing uh, just... How, how your brain works and, and the capacity that you have uh, to really um, uh, bring structure uh, and bring repair to many things. And I, you've always, um, you've kind of had a knock on yourself when it comes to intellectual stuff. And uh, I'm here to tell you today, the Lord wanted me to tell you in front of everyone, uh, that you're a genius, you you are your your way of thinking is magnificently and divinely ordered by him and there's a time that's about to flip in your life in your mind and in your thinking where all that uh that beauty that you understand mechanically in repairing and fixing and building things he's about to take you to a step where you'll be able to see how to do that in people's lives where there's disrepair where there's things that are completely broken, things that simply don't function, you're going to have the, uh, the divine insight of how to correct and fix and rebuild or even how to establish it all together. Um, 
You really are a solutionary. You do have the mind of Christ, not just for building things, but for building people. And that's a major shift that's fixing to come in your way of thinking. Um, I'm not trying to uh, go too much here, but um, you've been through a lot of hell in your life. You've been through a lot. You've been through things that, just like all of us, you shouldn't, there, there's no cause for it. And there's a lot of, a lot of that that's, that's hung over you. And I'm here to tell you today that that's gone. All that is broken in the name of Jesus. I speak peace into you. I declare that the Prince of Peace who already lives in you is residing in a much deeper way than you can imagine. And that's what's going to continue to flow out of you. And this other divine intelligence is going to set upon you in order for the rebuilding of families. And so... I just pray over you. I rebuke every ounce that the enemy throws at you, every thought, uh, every plan, every assignment that he has for your life, for your steps, for your family. I rebuke every bit of it as, as your older brother, but as the pastor here at this church, as the father of this house, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus by the authority that we have. And I, uh, I encourage this family to continue to pray and break that off. Uh, because it's, it's all gone. It stops today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we break every aspect of it in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. So, praise the Lord, man. Um, so, Father, I just thank you. Um, and again, uh, man, Lord, I, I just, I truly ask for forgiveness if I've offended anyone today with that, that little that little stupid thing I said, Lord, forgive me for that. Um, you know my heart, Lord, and I, I just ask you for forgiveness, Father. Uh, but I, I just thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the release of kingdom depth thinking or thinking that goes deeper into a kingdom understanding uh, for this house, Lord. For everyone in this place, uh, Lord, I just I just thank you, uh, Father, uh, for where you've brought us, uh, but I thank you for the deeper wells that are being dug right now. I thank you, Lord, uh, that there is some tremendous depth that we are about to go into. Lord, we're, we're going to learn how to hold our breath to uh, uh, minutes that we never imagined because of the depths that you're taking us. Um, and I'm excited for this community, these people, Lord. We thank you so much, Father, for what you're doing and we give you all honor today. And uh, Lord, we just declare this over everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So Jim, why don't you and Kathy come right here real quick. And um, they, uh, they've got some amazing, man, I love this couple, man. They're, they're, they're another mom and a dad to me and Raquel. We'll let her get in on that. Uh, but uh, there's no doubt that this was absolute divine appointment for us to meet, uh, and uh, it, it's just exciting stuff. So, Jim or Kathy, whichever, y'all tell us what is about to happen in your life. Go ahead. Make it short because you're tired. Well, you know what the what the Lord calls us to sometimes takes a while to get there. We. Um, I'm going to try to make this as short as possible because I know you want to go home and eat. Yeah. But 
we're, we're going to leave Saturday, and we're going to tow our trailer up to Washington State. Our, our youngest son wants to buy it, so we're glad to sell it to him. And after having made that plan, it opened up, miraculously, <laughs> that the church in Haines, Alaska that we used to serve in, a church in Haines, Alaska we used to serve in, called us and asked us if we would come for the month of June and minister in the church there without a pastor right now. These are the types of things that we believe God has called us to. The major thing we believe God has called us to is to be, like you said this morning, mothers and fathers to mothers and fathers. Yeah. Um, we see that God uses us in the lives of pastors and their wives, and we see that God uses us without effort on our part. It, I mean, it blows us away. We are so blessed and honored and privileged to be able to be who we are without reservation. Um, and it, it really, it blows us away. When people say things about us that, that they blow us away, and we go, where does that come from? But we know it comes from God. Amen. So we're learning to own who we are. And let me encourage you, find out what your identity is, because before you know your identity, you can't do a whole lot and I've come to believe that that's the wood, hay, and stubble that gets burned away. The things that we try to do, being somebody that we're not. And when we enter into the gold, silver, and precious stones, we've entered into our identity, the identity that God has given to us. Let me speak for just a moment to you young people. Most of you are my grandkids. <laughs> Find out from God who your identity is and own that. Practice that. Yeah. Grow into that. Because that's where you're going to find your satisfaction in life. Your fulfillment in life. That's where you're going to find who you are and what you're about. You are not what you do. Right. You are not. Nobody is what you do. And past people ask, well, who are you? Well, I'm a pastor. No, that's your job description. Who are you? Why has God called you to be a pastor, an elder, a man, a woman, a husband, a wife, or a child? Why? Find that out. That's your most important thing in life. And all of your life is going to be based on that. And, and I really hate to preach. Yeah, and I'm going to preach. <laughs> and I never do what he does. We're really excited about this because of what God has done in our own heart in bringing us here to, to CORE and the healing that we've received this last year. And um, this little town that we're going to is pretty isolated. It's where we live, so we understand that part of it. But this past year has gone through a devastation um, where they've lost lives, they lost homes. And uh, it happened in like December. So there are like, there's still this, some of them in that grieving. But the timing is so perfect because we saw what God has done in our hearts this past year and how we've been able to embrace um, the bigger picture of who God is. So we just thank you so much for the, all your prayers. We'll be back. We'll, we'll be there for seven weeks in the, in the uh, church and then um, make our way back. So thank you. We probably won't be back until sometime after the end of July. Amen. So please pray for us. Amen. So if y'all would, 
Um, normally we would get everybody up here around, but uh, there's quite a bit. So we're just gonna, if y'all would, just extend your hand out this way. And Raquel, why don't you just go ahead. All right. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this couple. I thank you, Lord, most importantly, that they've stepped into who they are. Because them stepping into who they are allows us to step into who we are, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for their words of encouragement, Lord, for their, their yes to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what they're going to take with them, Lord, and the lives that they're going to impact and the lives that they're going to change, Father. Yes. Lord, I, I release, I break open in them, Father, all that you have for them, yes. Lord. Amen. Power, authority, a mother's, a mother's heart and a father's heart, yes. Father. Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. When you created Jim and Kathy, Lord, you had all of us in mind. Man, and we yeah. appreciate that, Lord. We appreciate that, Father, yes. because everyone thank needs a mom God. and a dad. And that's who this couple is, Father. We thank you for them, Lord, and we bless them, Lord. Bless their finances, Lord. Bless their car as they drive. Bless everything, Lord. Just favor everywhere they go, Lord. Even when they stop to eat, favor. An extra order of fries, an extra drink, whatever it is. Just favor, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are a good God, Father. You are so good. You're so good. You're so good, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you, everybody. Y'all be safe. Keep them in your prayer. Amen. Amen. We love you. Y'all have a good week.